0: Log Talk Radio.
1: I'm joined by Mike Belverde. And, Mike, I want to start off with some encouraging words for you and for the audience. I want you to know that we live at a time in 2018 when literally anything is possible. You have to look no further than last Thursday night. And the Browns won a football game. (laughs) Anything is possible, Mike. You can do anything you set your mind to. City of Cleveland (laughs) rejoiced. Let's go Browns! Come on. How about that?
2: Yeah, that was quite, quite amazing. Uh, I I did not think I I would see the day where the Browns would win a football game in my lifetime, but here we are. Hell has frozen over and the Browns (laughs) are one, one, and one. What a
1: time to be alive. Indeed. One, one, and one. The Browns win their third game to even their record <laughs> which is a strange <laughs> thing <laughs> but man they and honestly it was a close game it was a tight game and baker mayfield came in and man i i just have to wonder what their record would be if baker had started the year he looked really good i mean he had moments where you kind of thought okay yeah he's a rookie but overall i think if you're a cleveland you might have to start thinking about hey we've got our guy now and that one Jersey that's got all the long list of all the, all the Cleveland quarterbacks and you know, it might stop at Baker Mayfield for a little while. What do you think?
2: Yeah. It's amazing. That long list of quarterbacks that they've had ever since I think pretty much Bernie Kosar has there uh, been a quarterback that they could rely on for multiple seasons. And it's, it's definitely a short sample size, but I I really believe that the way he looked out there, uh, it, it was it was impressive. Now we just gonna have to wait and see can he do it throughout the season and more importantly into next season. As we saw with Dak Prescott, he was wonderful in year one, but the last few years, uh, not so much. And so it, it's going to be interesting to see, but he definitely has the talent to put the long list of chain of quarterbacks that the Browns have had to bed.
1: So I'm glad you brought up uh, another quarterback there. And I I think, um, in fact, I'd like to kind of go position by position and talk through some of what I think are the most interesting stories right now, both just in the NFL and and in dynasty leagues in particular, and pick your brain a little bit on what you're thinking. And maybe let's talk through some of these issues because you brought up a really interesting one there, Dak Prescott. And in fact, I was in, Mississippi state country uh, here recently and talking to some of the people who have been rooting for Dak Prescott. Obviously he was a Mississippi state bulldog in his college career and people there have been rooting for him. And to be honest, like a lot of them are kind of not surprised that this is what he has turned into. Now that the weapons around him have disintegrated a little bit, they, they brought up the fact that he did really well his senior year or his his, uh, junior year he had better weapons around and offensive line was really really good now i still think the dallas cowboys o-line is good but it's it's not the elite level excellent that it was in his rookie year do you think that is playing a lot playing a role um in how he's doing right now how he is you know i want to say regressed is just overall who's the second best player on that offense outside of Ezekiel Elliott is it Tavon Austin and what does that say yeah. about an NFL in the year 2018 that Tavon Austin could be your second best weapon
2: yeah it it is that that I don't think any team wants to say that Tavon Austin is it's any weapon outside of uh you know a couple schematics uh here and there so to say he's one of your top options is pretty scary uh, yeah. You, you know, you definitely have to take a look at the offense and say, okay, well, is it all Dak Prescott? And, you know, you, you make a very good case that, well, the offense line is not at its top form. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott is having a little bit of trouble running the ball because the offense line isn't. So the defenses can scheme around that. And also, who do you have at wide receiver, right? Um, obviously, Alan Hearns isn't anything. Michael Gallup is just a rookie. So all those hurt uh, Dash Preffs scott in routes and those kind of things. Also hurts Ezekiel Elliott because they can't throw the ball very well. So it, it it's a round and round situation where a dog is just chasing its tail, and, and that's pretty much what the Cowboys offense is. It's a dog.
1: Yeah, I think Dak Prescott kind of goes to go along with your theme there. Kind of goes to the dynasty doghouse a little bit because you know certainly until further notice, until until he can that the offensive line gets healthier. I mean that's certainly a part of it there in Dallas. But until uh, some improvements there, and until he gets some legit in in the uh, you know he doesn't even, he doesn't Jeff Swan is this tight end? I mean like I was going through the right. The I was going through the list of all the players who caught targets, and I feel like I paid pretty close attention to the NFL. There are so many people I just never even heard of that are out there uh, running routes and, and playing. And In fact, I think you even did. Did you do any of your uh, work for PFF? Did you do anything on the
2: on Dallas Cowboys, on, on their target breakdown? No, I haven't done the Cowboys yet. But uh, watching them, I, I can see – exactly what was transpiring as far as the route. And it, it, it's a combination of, of just a whole lot of, you know, Alan Hearns and Michael Gallup just not performing, the, you know, at a level that is worry, concern of the defenses. So that, you know, the, and Jack Prescott is, isn't accurate enough to get the ball to those guys um, at a – at a good basis, you know, so it's, it it's just a mess.
1: One more. I want to, I want to touch on a little bit before we get to, and then I'd like to actually go through, I know it's not perfect because we're only three weeks in and not four weeks in, but next week we start, we start the buys and things get a little bit messy when you start talking about who's winning, who's, who's in, in the top of the fantasy rankings. So I thought we could, we could take a look at the three weeks and just see who's maybe the top five or so uh, per position and, uh, and just go through and check and see, okay, do we believe it with these guys? Do we not look for names that are missing and you expect them to bounce back, things like that. But before we jump into that on the quarterbacks and we'll start there, let us ask about Andrew Luck because you've been more optimistic on Andrew Luck, I think, than most people have throughout the off season. I think I, you know, in a lot of ways, agree with you on that. There's a lot of doubt right now on his ability to – throw downfield, and certainly his yards per attempt, his uh, yards per target, all those things have seemed to come down a lot. They took him out for Jacoby Brissett to throw the Hail Mary at the end of the game this past week. What do you think is – do you think we're just in a, in a, in a position where he's going to take a little bit of time to get healthy, but there's nothing really long-term to worry about? Or is it is this just who Andrew Luck is now?
2: You know, I think it's a lot of it is just the offense and how it's working. They, they really need to open up that offense a bit more. I think they're more worried about the offensive line holding up so that Andrew Luck can get the ball downfield than Andrew Luck able to get the ball downfield. There was a couple times in that game where Andrew Luck threw um, a pretty good pass downfield. Uh, it, 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 his arm strength is, isn't a problem at all. I I understand why people would be worried that, okay, well, you're pulling out your starting quarterback to put in Jacoby Brissett, who has a stronger arm, which means that Andrew Luck doesn't have the oomph, or they're worried about him throwing deep because they have to put a lot of uh, pressure on that arm to get it deep. But it has nothing to do with that. It it was just because Jacoby Brissett has a stronger arm. And, in that fact, he's, you're going to see – you would probably see him anyways. Um, regardless of Andrew Luck having arm surgery or not, you probably would have seen Brissett in there. And just seeing um, when they do go deep that Luck has that arm strength to do so. So I think uh, in the game he threw, I think, three three pretty long passes. Uh all of them were were pretty good accuracy. Uh, one was a completion that he threw uh, across the field uh, in the opposite direction, went like 40 yards across the field or something to that effect, uh, and it, it was all fine. There there's no problems with his arms that I can see uh, one bit, whether it's accuracy or on a deep pass. It's just the offensive schematics aren't aren't opening up to him throwing deep and to answer to answer the question of why the only thing i can think of is that the offensive line isn't protecting him enough or they're worried about the offensive line protecting him long enough to to open up that offense but i think once Costanzo comes back uh and those kind of things uh, doyle returns of, of course uh then you're going to see more of that offense opening up they're going to have to because you can't just live on short passes dink and dunks um, throughout the whole game it's just you know you're just playing with such a short field that it just won't work so um, I'm looking in the next few games to see that offense go deeper uh, more often
1: you know what I think could open that offense up is a trade for Le'Veon Bell that's what I think. I take it I would love to see that that would be you mentioned it the first time I, ever, I ever heard anybody mention it was last week on our show and then you know very next day or or maybe it was Thursday that you know, there was talk about the the Steelers now being more open to trading Le'Veon Bell and there was a list of teams that had the cap space to do it and one of those teams the Indianapolis Colts I thought yes this would be amazing to have to see that happen and Love to see that for your Colts, and gosh, what a weapon to bring alongside. Because as, as, as good as – and I did think that Jordan Wilkins looks good. He looks legitimate. I think Hines actually does – continues to impress for the skill set that he has. Uh, didn't see Marlon Mack this week, obviously. But um, as much as those guys have some talent and have things going for them, you just couldn't replace what Le'Veon Bell could do for those guys in the backfield. That would be – it would really be really awesome to see.
2: Yeah, I, I, yeah, it, it really would make all the, the rest of the backfield work around Levyon instead of compartmental pieces that are in the offensive scheme. So, yeah, there'd be, it, yeah, I'm with you on that one. I would, that would make my day.
1: Well, somebody had a good day yesterday, but uh, Philip fell just short, but ultimately accomplished something that.
0: Based
2: on
1: what I read on Twitter last night, you know, Twitter would never lie to me, but based on what <laughs> I read on Twitter last night, the very first quarterback to ever throw for over 400 yards three weeks in a row is Brian Fitzpatrick, accomplishing that feat right. after yesterday. It's going for another 411 yards, I believe, was the final tally. He's now done over 400 yards three weeks in a row, and he is number the number one scoring fantasy quarterback based on the four touchdown or four points per touchdown. Uh Ryan Fitzpatrick. Wow. He's still doing it. Are we, it's it's amazing that somebody has outscored Patrick Mahomes at this moment, but he has. Right. Ryan Fitzpatrick yeah. has. He's number one. Mahomes is two. At what point do we just say, okay, yeah, but Patrick is going to keep doing this.
2: Yeah. it <laughs> You know, I, I really don't believe it's going to be all season long, but uh, it's, I, you know, I, I I really believe that Jameis Winston is not going to start for at least another two or three weeks. And that's because of Fitzpatrick, and it's just amazing what he's done. He deserves to keep the starting quarterback job, even though Tampa Bay lost this week. But as you mentioned, those numbers continue to be out, outstanding and, and it's amazing how they do it without really a running game. I mean, they don't have much. They Jockeys Rogers and Peyton Barber. And these guys aren't a threat by any means. They're, you know, they're just regular Joes out there. And he, then you have Deshaun Jackson, who's a speakster, but he's sort of old. This, this is really a lot to do with Ryan Fitzpatrick and how he's uh, manning this offense and, it's it's great to see i love to see it i love to see his attitude towards it uh just clowning around and having a great time and it's it's wonderful to see and i i definitely going to see another couple of weeks out of fitzpatrick before they probably change their mind and go to james winston
1: he's got a tough test this week i think chicago probably the toughest test he's faced yet um they obviously have a really legit defense and the Steelers' defense played well last night. I, I don't know how good it really is based on some previous matchups, but could be a really interesting week this week. There's going to be a, still a lot of doubters, and it'll be really interesting to see. But I've got a league now where I've got him and Bortles as my possible QB2 behind Cam, and, and yeah, I think I'm going with Fitzpatrick, and I'm just going to keep rolling the dice there. And at some point, this luck will run out, and, I thought in the first half last night, this, that might be it. But then, sure enough, he turned things around and, and looked amazing. Not quite as amazing as, as just the eye test on Patrick Mahomes. Man, what a start to the season. 896 yards there in three games. 13 touchdowns. No interceptions. I believe tied your, your guy, Peyton Manning's, all-time record for the most touchdowns through three weeks in a season. Um, pretty incredible that what Patrick Mahomes is doing, and if you watch some of—I'm sure you did—anybody who is breathing saw that throw that he made on the run, basically just flicked his wrist and threw it between two defenders in the back of the end zone. Really, there's—I yeah. don't know—two two quarterbacks that can make that throw right now, him and Aaron Rodgers.
2: Pretty special, to yeah. See. Yeah, absolutely, and it, and it's just the ease of him doing that. It it's amazing. I always say that you know you're great at something when it comes easy for you and and that's exactly how he's playing this game almost as it's easy for him to do whatever he needs to do on that football field and the results are definitely there. Uh, he's not struggling by any means obviously he's not throwing interceptions and and it looks like what they thought about Patrick Mahomes was correct from the very beginning, which is why they felt, okay, well, we don't need this old aging veteran Alex Smith when we have Patrick Mahomes who's, who's going to do even better and absolutely right thus far. And I don't see where they're going to be wrong. I really don't. I think this. he's just, it just does it all, all the things well and all the things easy and it's pretty remarkable to see someone as young as him be sort of the next torchbearer after, because we're going to have a big group retiring soon. So we need these guys to be there to keep the game going and exciting. And it looks like Patrick Mahomes is going to be one of those guys that are going to carry the torch when, you know, Rogers decides and Breeze and Brady and those guys decide to hang it up.
1: That's right. So right behind Mahomes, this is really interesting. Behind Mahomes are the remaining three NFC South quarterbacks. So four of the top five fantasy point scorers right now through three weeks all reside in the NFC South. Number three, right behind Patrick Mahomes, really only less than three points behind Mahomes, is the NFL all-time completion leader, Drew Brees. He's right there behind him. Has thrown eight eight touchdowns, no interceptions, uh, has something insane like an 89% uh, completion percentage, something wow. just silly like that. Breeze has been on fire. Now, I think things will go a little bit different for him once Mark Ingram is back. Having watched a lot of those games, I think one of the things that the Saints are missing, besides a legitimate number two cornerback, is Mark Ingram. I think I think he is a big part of their offense, and he is just – uh, they really are missing him. Uh, it's not quite 89%. I just looked up, and it's it's just over 80% uh, still, obviously, very good. And uh, right behind him, not too far behind, Matt Ryan and then Cam Newton, who just seems like he is being given a whole lot of leash to be himself this year. It's really cool to see. North Turner seems to really just not try to fit him into a box and fit him into – Here's exactly what you need to be as a quarterback, but just letting Cam be Cam, and that's really encouraging to see. And I think if you took a chance on Cam Newton this year, you're pretty happy. So those that that rounds out the top five. What do you what do you think about those top five? And do you expect do you expect Matt Ryan to and some of these guys to stay in that class, or do you think that they'll start falling down a bit?
2: Yeah, you know, I was really, I've, I've been really surprised by Matt Ryan and just his ability to throw as many touchdowns as he has this year. He seems like that offense now is clicking with him a lot better than it was last year, and I don't really see a change. I think that Calvin Really has really helped that offense quite a bit. He's he's been doing a great job as, as a third receiver for a rookie and made that offense more round. So. I could see Matt Ryan continuing to to do exactly that. It's it's amazing to me. what's amazing to me is how he can find every other person in the end zone, but cannot find Julio Jones. I, I it still boggles my mind how how that that just happens every week in and out. He could find them from twenty to twenty, but once it gets into that end zone, forget about it. Um, but that said he's still throwing touchdowns. So that's another reason why I think Matt Ryan's going to continue to do what he's doing. Uh, so I, I see it as, as, as a weekly starter. You could, I, I think you could feel comfortable starting him in, in, in every week now.
1: Would you be comfortable if he was the only quarterback on your team?
2: <sighs> you know, I, I'm going to say, yeah, I, uh, I, it would, it would have been, I wouldn't say yeah in the beginning of the season, but that, he he seems like he's he's comfortable in that offense and and three weeks in a row now he's he's done well so I I think that we're gonna see sort of not not the Super Bowl Matt Ryan where he put up I I can't remember the stats not to that extent but I think he's gonna be close.
1: Yeah, you bring up a really interesting stat too, a uh, really interesting point, and just a stat to drive home what you're saying about Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. Uh, this past week had three touchdowns all of 2017 julio jones had three touchdowns so (laughs) yeah there is something really incredible about how you you know it's got to be something that they are very aware of and yet there hasn't been this you know you would think they would start making an effort to say like okay you guys think we can't find him in the end zone here, watch this, and he'd have one of these three-touchdown weeks like A.J. Green or Ridley had. But they just – it's like they either just don't care or there really is just something that we don't know about or understand or whatever. Because you look at Julio Jones and you think, this is the perfect person to throw it to in the red zone. Why aren't you doing this?
2: Right, exactly. So, it, you know, the game that I watched was uh, Thursday night game in week one. And I was watching for Julio Jones, and they they definitely give him some double coverage, which is is uh, problem solving, of course, especially when you're working in a short field. But maybe it's not Mount Ryan, maybe it's just Julio Jones not getting open. I don't I don't know, but you would definitely think if you were an offensive coordinator, um, and it's not just on Sarkisian, it's it's on all of them that have been you know that have worked with him you think you figure a way to get him open? And uh, but it just doesn't happen. He he just it, it, you definitely know that he's not going to score more than five touchdowns in a season.
1: I agree. Um, behind Cam, Roethlisberger and Phillip Rivers are pretty close behind him. And there's a little drop off, and then Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff, Aaron Rodgers down here at number nine. Deshaun Watson at number 10, uh, or excuse me, Aaron Rodgers at number 10, Deshaun Watson at 11. These are the number one and number two drafted quarterbacks going into the season. I think for Aaron Rodgers, we think maybe his knee is holding him back a little bit, and maybe that's part of the reason why he's not not up there with the elite guys at this point. Uh, Deshaun Watson coming off that injury, but is there reason to believe this is going, based on those things, this is going to stay pretty similar to this pretty much all year?
2: Yeah, I think uh, Watson might move up a little bit. He's he had a really rough week one, but it seems to turn it around a little bit in the last couple of weeks. So he might move up a little bit. But I, I think I think it's pretty much uh, stagnant. I think you're going to see what what you're going to see, barring injury, um, throughout the rest of the season.
1: I want to pour one out here for Jimmy Garoppolo. Golly, man, this guy. You you hate that the 49ers just imagine being a 49er fan right now and you're there you probably have some 49er friends um 49 uh fans as friends and he gosh they lose their starting running back to an ACL tear then they go out there and lose Jimmy Garoppolo to an ACL tear pretty cool you know early in the season this is just it's got to be devastating and for, you know I had some high hopes for Jimmy Garoppolo hoping that he could continue to do what he had been doing last year, and hadn't quite worked out all that well yet. But I think he's a guy that, going into next season, I'll continue to think he's high in QB two, low in QB one for for next year.
2: You know, it's yeah. I I definitely see him being what he was as far as uh, last year. He's going to be. He might he might get knocked down a couple pegs just because. It's an ACL MCL injury, uh, and that might limit his mobility. But as we saw with Carson Wentz, uh, he, Carson Wentz looked fine. I mean he he was he was just normal. I, he comes comes into the Colts game, and his mobility looked like he was never hurt. So uh, if Garoppolo can can bounce back the way he uh, Wentz has and he won't miss any weeks probably because it happened so earlier in the season, then why not? You know, it, he's definitely, I don't think he's in the, the top 12 yet, but he's definitely a bird uh, number one and definitely a solid number two quarterback.
1: Here's a list of surprising names who currently have less fantasy points than Joe Flacco, Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, Andrew Luck and Tom Brady. What is going on with these guys? Wow. How are they? Yeah, how are they not above Joe Flacco at this point? And um, you know, are, are are there any reasons to worry about any of this this group? Russell Wilson, Matt Stafford. We talked about Andrew Luck, but then Tom Brady.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. It, that it's. And then the more more and more rumors are coming about how they're not happy and they haven't been happy. And it's, I don't know. I, it's shocking to see how just to hear Joe Flacco's name above Tom Brady and through a week, you know, three weeks of the season, you figure one week of Tom Brady would outmatch anything Joe Flacco put on for four or five weeks and combined, but that's, just not happening. And then the other names are well, Russell Wilson, as you mentioned, is just, I don't know. It's almost like whatever is working for uh, Fitzpatrick is working in reverse for Brady and Wilson. I so maybe, yeah maybe uh, yeah Fitz, uh, Fitzpatrick stole all the juju from from those guys and and have become them. I don't know. It's it's it, and he shared it with Flacco. You know, it's just yeah. It, <laughs> it's I I don't think it's going to stay that way throughout the year, but it's definitely an interesting stat to look at for sure.
1: I think, you know, obviously there's plenty of season to go and these guys will get, these guys will have their weeks for sure. Um, You know, I think especially with Tom Brady, I I won't panic until he's doing this when Edelman's out there. He's going to get Josh Gordon on the field at some point here. So we're pretty close to him having a much better receiving core than he currently has. And I think that'll help out a lot of the weapons on that team. So... Uh, One last quarterback that I want to ask you about. I'm not sure how much you had a chance to see of him, but what did you think about kind of the, uh, you know, okay start that that Carson Wentz had this week? Uh, Do you think the – are you encouraged by what you saw? Do you think just kind of a little bit of growing pains? Do you think – or do you think this is uh, not going to be an offense that's going to produce a whole lot of fantasy goodness for us all season?
2: You know what's interesting about Wentz is that – He he almost reminded me of Andrew Luck in a way where uh, he made a couple of bonehead mistakes. Uh, For instance, he threw uh, right to the linebacker for no apparent reason for an interception uh, in that game and then uh, fumbled the ball, carrying the ball too low in traffic and had the ball pop out of his hand, uh, causing a fumble. And just those kind of boneheaded things that that happen. Now I, I'm not saying that uh, he's going to play like that throughout the weeks, but those two things stuck in my head. And then I, absolutely his his what also um, surprised the heck out of me was just the way how mo- how mobile he looked. I mean, he if if you didn't see him at all uh, yet last week, just think of Russell Wilson and the way. Russell Wilson is able to move around in the pocket, and that and that's exactly what Carson Wentz was doing. Uh, there were so many different times that the Colts could have sacked Wentz. Uh, one drive, the drive alone that put the Eagles ahead, they could have sacked him at least three times, and he was just able to get away and move around and find an open receiver or run for a first down, and he's, he's back. Uh, whatever you think of Carson Wentz is what you have. Uh, there, I, I didn't see any any kind of setbacks whatsoever with him. And if if you feel like he's your quarterback and you want to play him every week, and then I say go for it because it looks like he's he's back and is ready to go.
1: Let's switch over to running backs, and you know, it's pretty interesting. This name, top, this top five. I think if you substitute James Conner's name for Le'Veon Bell nobody would be surprised by the top five running backs you've got Alvin Kamara Todd Gurley Melvin Gordon Saquon Barkley and then James Conner uh that's pretty close to I think what you would almost expect I mean it's um if if you take this list that's pretty close those are all top I don't know what six eight running backs a couple glaring names that are also here that we will mention, but Alvin Kamara, what a start to his season. Everybody thought, hey, Mark Ingram's going to be out and he's going he's to do really well to start the season. Well, if that's the gamble you took, you were 100% right. Not only does he have, he's got 95 uh, fantasy points right now in PPR leagues, but he has 30 receptions. Only one player, Michael Thomas, has more receptions than he does on the season, which is pretty phenomenal for a running back. Um Adam Kamara although he's number 1 right now, clearly he's going to uh, he's going to welcome a teammate back in Mark Ingram. Do you think Ingram is going to take away from Kamara or do you think Kamara might have built himself up a little bit more of a role than he, for this season than he had last year going forward?
2: Yeah, it I I think I think what he's doing out there is, is absolutely phenomenal. But I think once Mark Ingram does return, you're gonna see them notch it back just a little bit. I don't know what his, his average what he's averaging um as far as carries. I know that coming into this year he was only had twelve carries uh didn't have any more than twelve carries per game. So I'd have to look at that, um and see exactly how what that is looking at as far as the last three games. But you definitely think that uh, marking arm is going to have an effect and push those numbers a little bit back, but he's still an automatic starter in all leagues and formats.
1: Yeah. So I, I was looking that up while you were talking this past week, he had 16 carries for 66 yards on the ground. That's 4.1 average. Not, not bad receiving he also had 15 catches so he had 31 touches last week that's a lot for alvin kamara i don't i don't expect that to continue so i would expect those numbers to come down a bit but you know his week before where he had 13 carries and then he added six catches i think that's maybe a little bit more or the week before that when he had eight carries and nine catches that might even be a little bit more of what i would expect to see from him um 16 carries and 15 catches i don't expect that i think once Mark Ingram comes back, you're gonna see him. Uh, I love he he put out a tweet basically just showing how excited he was and ready to explode for getting back out on the field. And I think that's a Monday night game that he's gonna be back on. So under the bright lights against Washington, he's gonna be fired up and ready to go. I think he'll. I think if he's if there's somebody in your league who's looking at Kamara and thinking that Mark Ingram's not gonna have an impact, I'd be buying low on Ingram right now. I'd send out some offers. I, I did, in fact this week. Out oh, the did you? So
2: what, yeah. what did, uh, yeah. What did you send, uh, yeah. what was that about?
1: How about this one? So this is the one that I think will be the most, uh, controversial. I made an offer. I asked for Mark Ingram and I would send back
2: Joe Mixon. Huh?
1: What do you think about that?
2: Um, I would probably say no, because I want to keep Alvin Kamara. But uh, why Why Joe Mixon?
1: Well, yeah, it would be Joe Mixon for uh, Mark Ingram.
2: Really? Not really oh, any,
1: Mark anything Ingram. against. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not really anything against um, Joe Mixon. I, I just, I I was, in looking at the, the makeup of my team and, you know, not having, obviously you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have Mark Ingram for another week, but I don't know exactly when Joe Mixon is going to come back. And you know, it's hard; it's, it's just hard for me to believe he's going to come back and be percent right away. I wonder if Gio Bernard is going to have a little bit more of an of of a role going forward, based on he clearly is still a capable back. So, um, so yeah, it was a kind of a little bit of a dart throw, and hopefully, we'll, we'll see. We'll I'll let you know if he accepts it or not.
2: We'll see. I I I I think that's a pretty good offer. I I don't. That would that. I think yep. that's pretty straight up. Um, it's uh, yeah. Uh, so Joe, as far as is is this, um a dynasty or redraft that you're making the trade in? Yeah, dynasty.
1: Yeah, dynasty. Yep.
2: Okay. So you for a long term, you you don't have much faith in in mixing.
1: It's not that I don't have long-term faith. Uh, It's more than just that that team is built to win this year. Um, And I want to try and take advantage. And I think Mark Ingram coming in, he's going to be very well-rested. He's going to be very healthy. You know, I I don't expect conditioning to be an issue for him. So it's more that I just, I think maybe he's got an opportunity to help win me the league potentially uh, this year over, I'm wondering if, Mixon's going to have a little bit of a hard time um, catching his breath, and I guess you know making sure that he's able to do you know what, what we normally think that he can do. So, um,
2: yeah, I don't know. We'll see.
1: We'll see. I didn't want to lowball it, you know. I wanted to go in there with a pretty strong offer.
2: I I, I think that that is a pretty good offer. I, I think your reasonings are sound too. Where we just don't know about Joe Mixon. Uh, you know, he he was doing okay. The, the couple games he played and then he goes down and Gio Bernard, Bernard is just uh, dominating. Um, he, he's shown that he's definitely not through by any means. And, you know, you can't just dismiss someone like Bernard in your backfield. So um, Kim bouncing back after an injury, you, you kind of figure that for a couple of weeks too, as you were saying that Bernard might take a little bit more share than, what he did in the first two games.
1: So after those guys, well, do you have anything? I mean, I, I'm a little surprised that Saquon Barkley is as high as he is. He's number four right now. Um, you know, clearly he's getting yeah. a lot of work out of the backfield as well. 21 catches, 137 yards. He takes on the saints this week. Now the saints have actually been really stingy against the run. And, uh, but I, I definitely expect him to be able to catch a lot of passes out of the backfield. Um, are you, are you surprised to take on Barkley up here? Or is this right, right. Exactly what you
0: expected.
2: You know, I'm, I'm surprised. I, I, overall, if if you take away his receiving production, it, it hasn't really been much of anything. So if you're, if you're in a standard league, he really hasn't performed very well. Uh, overall. He, so, um yeah i am surprised In the ppr league it makes more sense just because he's been as you mentioned quite a bit active in the backfield catching a lot of passes so i don't see that changing much uh so definitely ppr warranted standard league i'd be definitely a little bit more leery of that
1: after him of course um you know james Conner as well being up there is is a little bit of a surprise. I think he has had a couple of game scripts that didn't really go his way as you would, as you would, as the way you would hope. I think he showed he could close out a game last night, which was pretty impressive to me, but uh, he, he rounds up the top five. And then after him, Christian McCaffrey, man, he's again, another guy PPR leagues who is just making the most of his opportunities. He's getting, he's got 22 catches on the year. And 26 targets, like that's a, that's a really big target share for a running back. Obviously, he's getting vultured because he doesn't have any touchdowns on the season. If you added in a couple of those touchdowns that Cam had, they were given to Christian McCaffrey, he would be in the top five for sure. 46 carries on 271, for 271 yards. Pretty decent amount of carries for him. A lot, lot of touches for, um, you know, just the type of back that he is. But I think really good. I think we're seeing a bit of a Christian McCaffrey breakout, and I think if the touchdowns can come, you're going to have a you're going to have a really high end top flight fantasy asset on your hands with him. Number seven, gosh, I don't know if I just need to go ahead and admit I was wrong on this guy, or if he's going to just turn back into a pumpkin. So I should hold out. Adrian Peterson, right there behind Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> Pretty hard to believe. <laughs> I have. I hate to admit, he kind of looked good this past week. Um, <laughs> he didn't look as slow as I thought he had looked. So I don't know. Is there something? Is, is Adrian Peterson this good, or what's going on here, Mike?
2: Yeah, uh, you're, you weren't the only one on that take. And so was I. And <clears throat> looking at, at what I've seen, he he has definitely has uh, more speed than what I think originally thought Uh he's he's looking pretty pretty darn good out there he's exploiting the holes he's strong he's just doing everything that adrian peterson at a lower level um is doing and he's 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 good enough uh obviously he's a hall of famer uh to to be someone that at a b level is almost uh b plus or a minus comparable to the rest of the guys out there on the field and he, he that's what he's doing he's just maximizing his skills that he has now to a level that is pretty high and it, I, I definitely have to tip my hat to him uh, what he's doing on the field and it's I think he's there for the long haul for, for this year I think you're going to see it uh, all year long
1: yeah I'm uh, really surprised by it but certainly Look, if you tell me we're in for a resurgent Adrian Peterson season, I'm in for it. Um, I'm all about it. So, is it going to buy this week? He'll come off the buy. Faces New Orleans after the buy, I think that'll be interesting because, again, New Orleans has been very good against the run. We'll see if that has more to do with their opponents or if they actually really have a good run defense. And I think I think uh, Washington and uh, their their offensive line, their running attack will be a good test for them. So, after him, Ezekiel Elliott, PPR specialist, Chris Thompson after him. Carlos Hyde, checking in. That's, Carlos Hyde is a really interesting one to me. The Browns, as we said, have now won a game, so there's a possibility that they could control some game scripts. Uh, that rounds out our top ten. Number 11, Isaiah Crowell. Gosh, there's a couple of names in here that I don't think I would have thought about when, when we start looking at who are the – who are the number one running backs top 12 Isaiah Crowell and then Javoris Allen man Chris Thompson Isaiah Crowell Carlos Hyde, Javoris Allen pretty interesting group here uh which one of these guys are you actually impressed with and which one of these guys do you think uh, we should probably lower our expectations for the rest of the season for
2: yeah you know uh it's, it's kind of surprising how high Chris Thompson is on that list, considering he did absolutely zero. I think he caught maybe one pass and ran for eight yards last week. So to see him still in that list shows you how well he he's done the first two games. Um, yeah, and another surprising aspect is, I don't know if you mentioned David Johnson in that list, and that's sort of surprising that coming into this season you would definitely – thought he would at least be in the top ten, but he's not even in that. So I think I think those are the two two shocking aspects of that list that are sort of sticks out to me.
1: Yeah, I think so too. Chris Thompson had that thirteen catch game last week and then he's only had seven other catches. So yeah, maybe Chris Thompson really is kind of being buoyed by that big game and, you know, small sample size still and so much of this, so that can definitely throw things out of whack, but yeah, you brought up David Johnson. So David Johnson, there was this, I don't know, this talk about they're gonna they're gonna go back to throwing the ball to him more, and you know, like yeah, duh, throw the ball to the best running back receiver in the league. That'd be a really good idea, especially when nothing else in your offense is working. Let's try that, but it still did yeah. not look like they. It still did not look like they made a concerted effort on that. I mean, he. He had four catches on four targets last week. So not exactly, not exactly what I would say. You went in there with a game plan that you're going to get the ball in David Johnson's hands only had 12 carries. This is not the making. He's got the talent of a number one running back. He doesn't have the workload of a number one running back. And to be honest, Mike, I just, I I don't get it. Can you make any sense of this?
2: Yeah. As far as just, Offensive of game planning it's pretty been pretty bad. Uh, now they're ditching Sam Bradford for Josh Rosen, and I don't know if that's going to make any difference. So, Rosen did play well at the end of the second half when he came in, but it's still it, you're you're resting your hopes on Josh Rosen to to turn around this offense. I I just I don't see it happening. So. Uh, David David Johnson is sort of stuck in purgatory until they can figure out what in the heck is going on. But this offense is just absolute garbage, and they they definitely need either a brand new scheme or something. But just to ignore David Johnson, your best player, uh, you know, and Larry Fitzgerald is definitely up there. But it, to move the change, you need a running game and he is just not getting the opportunities. Uh, so I don't know if it's a lot of it, It's because they're behind and they need to pass throw to catch up or what, but it's, it's not working.
1: But you would even think in that scenario, having David Johnson out running routes would be a really good idea and throwing him the ball. And I don't know if it's, maybe it is Sam Bradford. Maybe Sam Bradford just, I, I haven't looked enough in his, at his history to know is he just somehow against throwing the ball to the running backs. I don't know. Um, something is off, and the scheme fit is terrible right now. And, you know, they signed him to that gigantic extension before the beginning of the season, and to see them just not use him. It, I, his, most, his most touches was this past week at 16. You're giving the yeah. ball to your best players. 16 times in a game like that. And that's a game you were winning, right? Didn't they jump out to a lead? And they still only gave the ball to their best player, a uh, running back, only 16 times the whole game. So I, I don't know, man. I, I just—I don't really understand it. He, he did salvage his day with the touchdown, so the numbers looked okay this past week. But I don't know. Not, nothing about this makes sense to me. I, there's not, you know, I, I don't know if you're just waiting for – Josh Rosen to get better, which you know, I know you're a big fan of Josh Rosen, so maybe this the situation does get better with that. I don't know if they're just do you fire. Isn't this isn't this the uh, coach's first year?
2: Yeah, I, I think it is. Uh and yeah. it's not yeah, it's not doing well at all for him.
1: Yeah, this is uh this is a mess. If you got anybody in Arizona, I think I, I think yeah, I, I I think maybe you would be happy if they traded any of these guys to Buffalo and that's saying a lot. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, So
1: hey, we can't be that yeah. Buffalo too much after last week, right?
2: Right, yeah, exactly. And talking about rookie quarterbacks, uh Josh Allen came came to live uh last week and he he was he was pretty amazing for someone with their first start. Heck yeah, man.
1: I, I, I'm i pretty excited to, to see what he's able to do. I think he's the kind of guy who's going to be a little bit up and down. Um, one interesting note, you, we mentioned Josh Rosen, and we're a little all over the place with this right now, but we mentioned Josh Rosen. I noticed he targeted Christian Kirk on three of his what, eight passes, something like that. That's, that's a pretty interesting number to keep in mind. And if you, you know, Christian Kirk is, out there and available, that might be a guy that you you stash on the end of your bench. I wouldn't necessarily start him this week, but unless you just need a, you know, what the heck, throw a guy in there. Uh, outside of that, I think just stash him on the end of your bench and see what happens because if he's got a good rapport with Josh Rosen, that could mean really good things for him moving going forward.
2: Yeah, especially if you're looking at rookie and rookie and, and Fitzgerald, becoming more of a decoy the last few games he hasn't really done anything either and it's uh if if they're using Fitzgerald as a decoy then Christian Kirk is definitely someone and I think in long term as well I mean this is Fitzgerald's last year so uh the more reps that Kirk can get the better off uh you have I think he's definitely a, a if he's available a great pickup
1: Buck Allen is in the top 12 running backs right now. Um, you know, we would have thought maybe Alex Collins might be there.
0: What's,
1: what's going on with this? Is Buck Allen just going to be an inconvenient truth and Alex Collins isn't going to be what a lot of people thought he was going to be? Is he just going to be able to be there and, you know, have that goal line fullback dive basically that he does and ultra touchdowns? He's got four already this season. Is that kind of what you're expecting? I, I mean, to be in the top 12 and have 32 rushing yards, I, I don't see that as sustainable.
2: No. Um, yeah. It, it, Javaris Allen did that last year too, where he he caught some balls out of the backfield and scored a touchdown. And it, it, just this point adding up by the end of the game, we're always, you know, in the top, top 12 numbers. And you're just like, how does this guy even do it? But it obviously it's the touchdowns and obviously it's the three or four catches he gets during the game that, that pad his stats. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of what Alex Collins problem is, is fumbling the ball. And I don't know if he's had a fumble in the last two games, but I know he opened up the week one with a fumble. So that also has a a play in it. And he, you know, he's not, he's not much of a pass catcher, uh, but he's dynamic during the run. So, that's just going to limit him uh, with third-down rolls and touchdowns and those kind of things. So he's a very limited player, even though he's a dynamic player.
1: The guy coming in at number 13, I'm kind of excited about in Matt Breida, although now I'm – or I guess I should say I was excited about, although now with Jimmy Garoppolo not being in and them having to go to Beathard, And now this hyper-extended knee, Matt Breida is – he looks the part of a full-time running back, to be honest. And I'm really impressed with what I've seen from him. He's very explosive. Uh, Although, you know, so from a dynasty perspective, might want to give it a couple of weeks, let him kind of, you know, not not put up very good numbers here in the next couple weeks. I guess maybe hope and then buy low. Um, Because I think he might be the kind of guy – in this system, moving forward, that could be a pretty valuable piece.
2: Yeah, I I think, you know, but the only problem is, is what are they going to do with Jarek McKinnon down the line? Uh, so it's, I I, it, I think that's that's the only question that is popping in my head is okay, Matt Breida definitely has shown the capabilities of being a full time bat, but then next season Jarek McKinnon's going to be there and. and his salary is something that they're just going to have to force Breida to be sort of a backseat kind of driver kind of guy.
1: Yeah, I suppose so. And I'm a you know I'm a believer in McKinnon, but I think the knock is he can't stay healthy, and he's proven that. I mean the the best ability is availability, and he has not proven to have that ability. So yeah, I I don't know. I I feel like I'd want to cash in my chips and see if I couldn't get Breida. In a a dynasty league, if I, you know, if if somebody was down on him or maybe not viewing him in that way, Um, after him, Marshawn Lynch. Obviously, Marshawn is amazing. I love Marshawn. Um, That Oakland offense is not necessarily very good right now, but Marshawn is still running the ball very well. I wish they'd give it to him a little bit more, Um, but doing great. Then some some PPR specialists. Tell me, I'm just going to read off this name. Just tell me if anybody jumps off, and if not, then we will. Move on to the wide receivers, but James White, Austin Eckler, Jordan Howard. I'm surprised he's this far down. I expect that to go up over time. Tevin Coleman, obviously a little bit of a late start because he didn't start that first game, but I think he he could continue to do well over the next few weeks. He's looked pretty good. T.J. Yeldon. Then we get to David Johnson down at number 20, Kareem Hunt. Joe Mixon still up there, out Collins, Lamar Miller rounding out the top 24. Um, Anything in there jump out to you?
2: Um, Yeah, Jordan Howard, as you mentioned, um, we expect that to change just because it's, you know, he scored finally a touchdown last week, and I I, I expect him to score more touchdowns down the road. He's catching the ball now, which is something that i i never saw coming uh he's he's had i think at least three receptions in the last three games he's played so he they're definitely using him in the passing game so i i see definitely an uptick coming with that uh david johnson as we mentioned already is surprising for the reasons why we mentioned it and uh, so those are the two things that definitely stick out in my in my mind
1: yeah, Jordan Howard, 11 catches already. That's, or no, excuse me, 10 catches already, which is, I mean, that's pretty impressive, I think, for a guy that you wouldn't have thought about going into this year that have that skill set. So, yeah, very impressive. Certainly certainly think very highly of him. Um, another guy that I just want to mention and throw out there, he's gotten a little bit of a slow start because of the fact that he is not, he really wasn't starting um, up until here recently. Really impressive with what Kerryon Johnson is doing. Aaron Johnson looks looks the part of a guy that could be a reliable number two running back on, on your on your team. If you took a chance on him, obviously in Dynasty, I think you're loving that. And you know, I, I think I, I think he, I think he's got the ability to in that Detroit offense. They're going to keep giving him the ball the way that they did this past week. You could have yourselves a really good a really good running back.
2: Yeah. And people are clamoring for him, which is even more important. So, and LeGarrette Blount, I think is the most important key in that whole situation and his unproductivity. I I really think that they brought, brought him over to sort of guide carry on Johnson because they are kind of similar backs. Of course, Johnson's more health, more talented. He can catch the ball where Blount is just not a pass catcher at all. So I think, uh, i think you're going to definitely see less less of of blount and definitely a lot more of carry on johnson which i'm pretty excited to see uh i think he's he's going to be uh, uh one of those uh running backs that you're going to continue to see progress and become one of the top 10 running backs uh maybe not next year but definitely in the coming seasons
1: is it more impressive that the Browns won a game or that the Lions finally have a thousand yard running back? No, not thousand yard, a hundred yard running back. First time since what, 2014 or something, Thanksgiving day, something like that. Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah. that, Yeah. Uh, I think you flip a coin because both of them are kind of <laughs> like, what? How does that even make any sense? Um so yeah, I remember the quotes going through that for a couple seasons uh until Frank Gore broke that. But uh yeah, it's it's definitely one of those things where you're just like how does that even happen? <laughs> Man, I think this is it's
1: funny how it's funny how in fantasy we go into and I feel like we're so reactionary. We go into a season and we say running backs were good last year, we're taking running backs in the beginning and so You know, what, eight running backs go in the first 12 in a 12-team fantasy draft this season. The season before, we were reactionary to running backs that have not done good, so we took all these wide receivers high. And it just seems like we get it wrong every single year because the wide receivers have really been very, very, very good this year. Michael Thomas is up there, number one. He's got 91, almost 92 points, and just has absolutely been... A target monster. You run some numbers on that. Um, what are we? What's going on with Michael Thomas, and why are you so impressed by him?
2: I just think a lot of things. Really, is is pretty much the targets that he's getting. I think he's fourth on the target list of all players, and the, also the fact that what he's doing with those targets are are also impressive. He's just, in my mind, the best receiver in football right now, I, uh, as we were talking about earlier in the show, we were talking about Antonio Brown and Juju Smith Schuster. And, you know, by all clear accounts, Antonio Brown was the number one receiver coming into the draft this year. And I, who is even the number one receiver on the team? Uh, you know, you could claim that Juju Smith Schuster is the number one receiver on that team right now. They're pretty neck to neck, uh, as far as targets. Brown has 42, Suster has 38, so it's, I mean, it's really close. The interesting thing on top of all that is that we would assume that Michael Thomas would be the number one target uh, share guy, but he's not. He's actually number three, the number one targeted player in the NFL. Do you want to take a stab at it?
1: Well, I've got it. I've got it right here,
2: so. I, I, oh, you got I it right cheated. there. I, I, <laughs> yeah. That's okay. I see So, Let me ask you this. Would you have guessed that it would be Adam Thielen?
1: No way. I I wouldn't have even thought he would be number one on his team. But I'm really shocked that he, 44 targets in three games for Adam Thielen, and with a new quarterback, that's got to say something. I, I guess when you look at this, do you think, would you take Adam Thielen over Stephon Dick?
2: In a PPR league, yes. In uh, a standard, probably not. But uh, yeah, I, the distance between those two guys is is quite quite impressive as well. I mean, they they really target Adam Thielen a lot more than they target Diggs. It's what a 15 point um, spread between the two targets uh, between those two receivers. So it's an it's the Adam Thielen show for sure.
1: So, Diggs hasn't been really all that bad himself, I guess. I think one of the things that's interesting, so when you look at this, this is just mind-boggling. Michael Thomas has 40 targets. He has caught 38 of those 40 targets. That is insane. 398 yards, three touchdowns. Compare that to uh, Antonio Brown, 42 targets. He's got 24 catches on those 42 targets. Why are Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger having such a hard time getting on the same page right now?
2: You know, I don't know. I I definitely would have to see and definitely take a look at what's going on as far as what their routes are are running. Now, if, if, if Antonio Brown is running straight, Uh, nine routes or he's posts or corners uh, then obviously that's going to be a lower catch rate because those are deeper patterns whereas you know Schuster if he's running ins and outs and hooks then he's definitely going to be targeted uh, more because you're looking at intermediate pass routes so I would have to take an inside look but I'm sure it has something to do with with the routes that they're running and Brown being more of a deeper receiver, where uh, Schuster is is being more of an intermediate type of guy. Because Brown, he's going to catch everything in his sight, and whatever comes to him, he's not going to be dropping a whole lot of balls. So, and that'd be my only thought process is that they're they're using one for the other, and the other for the for the different uh, routes.
1: I'm sure you're right on that.
2: Um, I want to just toss it out to you. You've been
1: doing some homework for PFF, and is there anything that, any of the work that you've been doing over there, an article that you've got that you want to uh, just take a little bit of time to to share maybe some things that you've learned, some things that uh, might help our our guys here on when they're setting their lineups?
2: Yeah, you know, the one thing that I, I'm really t- sort of pressed with is Jarvis Landry. I really didn't think he was going to get, as many targets uh, that he was, that he's gotten right now. He has uh, 37 and he looks like he was gone from Miami to Cleveland without missing a beat. So, and that has a lot to do with the way he's running routes and the quarterback getting in the ball, obviously. Um, And you would, you would think that Tyrod Taylor would have a hard time, but it's, it's only going to get better with Baker Mayfield and Jarvis Landry. So, If you've been sort of intermediate about uh, choosing Landry to start, I think you can, unless you have, you know, an ultimate wide receiver depth where you you just can throw him to the wolves. But um, I think he's definitely worth a start if if he's been a borderline starter for you uh, thus far.
1: Fifteen targets this past week for Mr. Jarvis Landry with Baker Mayfield. Uh, having really just a lot of those, so really excited to see what he's going to be able to do. I, I, I we've we set up all, all off season. We think Baker Mayfield and Jarvis Landry are going to do really well together. So we'll see. We'll see if that ends up being the case. I think that it will. They've got an Oakland defense that looks pretty vulnerable coming up next. So I'm excited to see. I, I think with a full week of practice and game plan and expectations. Baker Mayfield getting the ball out of his hands early, as accurate as he is. I I, I expect Jarvis Landry to have a really good day. Uh, Do you do any – I don't ever do any DFS. Do you do
2: any DFS? Uh, I do every once in a while uh, here and there, but not on a regular weekly basis. It's really dumb, but it's illegal
1: here in Louisiana where I am. So,
0: um,
1: I I can't do it. I can't get on It won't let me log in and – and do it. I'd love to be able to do it. Just not really, haven't been able to so far. So, um, but I think, you know, maybe somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like Jarvis Landry would be a pretty good play this week going against Oakland. So, I like I like that call of Jarvis Landry. And certainly to hear you say, walk away being impressed by him with your study, I think that's really good. Um, not, I guess not totally surprising that Mike Evans would be number two, but maybe a little bit. I expected Mike Evans to have a pretty good year. I didn't expect him to be this good. Some of that has a lot to do with with uh, Fitzpatrick throwing 400 yards a game. But, gosh, right there, number two, not terribly far away from Mike Thomas. I'm pretty impressed by Mike Evans so far.
2: Yeah, I, I was sort of with you on that one as well, where I just I, – I didn't have a lot of hope for Mike Evans this year, uh, just because I just – he just didn't have the the flashiness. And he's sort of been an up-and-down kind of player uh, throughout his his career where he's had one great year and then the next year sort of been a down year. And this year was supposed to be a down year. But when you have Fitzmagic, everything is possible, I guess.
1: <laughs> there you go. Riding the wave of the Fitzmagic. So, Adam Thielen coming in third. We talked a little bit about him. Tyreek Hill and that unbelievable KC offense there at number four Juju Smith Schuster number five uh Emmanuel Sanders six Deshaun Jackson seven that's a pretty big surprise AJ Green eight Devonte Adams nine Calvin Ridley checking in at 10 Antonio Brown and then the guy that really is amazing to me that he's top 12 here PPR league Kenny Galladay I am I can, yeah. I am so excited about Kenny Galladay I think he's going to be a superstar I was watching the, you know, the uh, Lions Patriots game, and it just seemed like, you know, if they needed a short pass and they needed to get three or four yards. It seemed like Golden Tate was their guy, but if they needed a play, they needed somebody to make something happen. They were going to Kenny Galladay. He seems to be the top playmaker on this team, and wow, I, he has just he has risen to maybe the best option uh, for fantasy on that team as far as a wide receiver. What do you think?
2: I definitely like the fact the way he's played the last three weeks. He's been very consistent in, in putting up points. I really thought he'd be more of a best ball kind of guy, but at this point it seems like he's been good regardless of the, the schematic or the, you know, the league that you play in standard PPR, whatever he, he's pretty much done it all. So I'm very impressed with him through three weeks. Uh, Now Give it another three weeks, we'll see where he's at. But I'm I'm still thinking he's definitely more of a best ball kind of receiver than uh, someone that can fit in all formats. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. But I right. uh, say I see by week six, I think the Kenny Galladay uh, mentions will will definitely be decreasing.
1: You could be right. I think for now, if I've got him on my team, I want to continue to play him. He's really He's been very good. I mean, he's – and I, I think, again, watching him, I think the way that it seems like Matthew Stafford trusts him when he needs to make a good, a big play, and like the play calls are going his way in that uh, as well. And so, I don't know. I, I think right now if I've got him on my team, it would be really hard to sit him. And I can't imagine you've got players that are doing a whole lot better than him, 12, 9, and 7 targets in the last three games. So, I don't know. Got Dallas, Green Bay coming up i think that could be pretty interesting to see what he does from there so after those top 12 you get actually your first rams wide receiver and it's probably not the one you're thinking robert woods right there number three obviously coming off of a big game this past week again small sample size for all this but uh robert woods checking in i just want to ask clearly brandon cooks has been very good and cooper cup has been very good as well Uh, Where are you on these three Ram wide receivers or are you trusting all three to be put into your lineup
2: every single week at this point? I I definitely trust. It's so hard. I think depending on, on your lineup uh, flexibility, it comes down to that. But yeah, I, I don't think there, I don't think any of those three are every week starters where you can just plug and play and feel confident with what they're going to do because, there's just so many different weapons on on that team that next week, Cooper cup can be the number one guy and Robert Woods does absolutely nothing. And Brandon cooks is the number one guy the following week. And, you know, so the story can turn and change every single week. And with that, there's, there's just no hope and belief that they could be a plug and play, but I, I would definitely be happy owning any of those three coming up with the bye weeks and, you know injuries that are going to occur and all those kind of things. So they're definitely depth guys that uh, have a lot of promise. Where you can say, oh, okay, well my starter has, uh, you know, Julio Jones has a bye week. So who am I going to go with? Oh, I, I can put in Robert Woods and feel confident with that. And I think they're more of those kind of guys than someone that you're you're going to rely on every week to do something.
1: I yeah, I think I. What you're saying is interesting, I think. I think going into the season, if you asked me which player on the Rams would you expect to have their targets be the most consistent, I would have said Cooper Cup number one, probably Brandon Cooks number two, and then Robert Woods number three. The reality is that has not been the case. Robert Woods has been the most consistent at getting targets. He's got 9-11, 9-9-11, so at least nine targets every single week so far. Brandon Cooks, has eight, nine, and eight, so at least eight targets. And then Cooper Cup started off really good the first week um, and then dropped back a little bit for the, for the second and third week. He had six six the last two weeks, uh, nine the first week. So, actually, he's had the lower floor as far as targets of all three wide receivers. Just something interesting to look at. Obviously, it's still early. There's still a lot of season to be played. And I, I, I think if I've got an opportunity to plug in Robert Woods if he's available in one of my leagues somehow. I I think that might be a guy that I would, I'd be most interested in putting in my lineup right now. This Rams offense is really good. That's going to get a pretty good test. And the Vikings coming off a pretty embarrassing loss to the, to the bills. I expect them to come out ready to play. uh, Certainly in this key NFC matchup. So, I don't know. I, I'm, uh, I'm very impressed by Robert Woods, and certainly digging into the numbers, I feel like I came away more and more interested in, in him uh, as time went on. And
2: I agree. I, I think Robert Woods is someone that is definitely stuck out uh, to many people. I, you know, he sort of, Cooper Cup was the slot guy, so we expect more targets to go to him. Of Cooks is a new shiny toy, so you definitely think that it's going to be him definitely getting, um, if not the majority, but you know, very close to it, and they're going to go to him quite a bit. The Robert Woods, I don't think was mentioned at all, and I and I still don't think he you, you see his name pop up quite a bit still at this point, but he's definitely showing his worth, and it's you, someone that. Sort of started his career off on shaky ground, you know, Buffalo. But you know, the, so you definitely are going to think that he's not not much of anything because of the numbers he put up in Buffalo. But it's it's a whole new world now for him, and you know, I think as time goes on, you're going to definitely hear more and more people talk about him, and deservedly so.
1: After Robert Woods, we get uh, some usual suspects that I I expect these uh, these guys will continue to go up over time. Julio Jones, Brandon Cooks, DeAndre Hopkins. I expect all three guys to finish in the top twelve. Uh, I, I think they're they'll continue to go up. They've been consistent, and really good this year so far. All three of them. Um, do you do you see
2: the, well? the targets. Do you see the targets of oh, uh, Julio Jones?
1: Yeah, thirty-four.
2: Yeah, the week-by-week, week, though? No, no. Uh, so, he had 19 in week one. Week two, nine, not so bad. Week three, six. So, he's gone down every week.
1: Yeah, I'll be interesting to see that. So, I, you know, I watched every second of that game as a same fan, and I'm, you know, I definitely – Every year, I, I want to beat Atlanta more than I want to beat just about anybody else. I think the Falcons went in there with a game plan that we are going to be throwing the ball at PJ Williams, the Saints' number two, I guess is their number two cornerback. He was playing for Ken Crawley. He got torched for two of those touchdowns by Calvin Ridley early in the game. Um, He scored on on, on another one where Marcus Williams, the safety, was covering him. Looked like there was some issues in the secondary there. I think teams will start attacking the Saints at that number two cornerback and throwing away from Marshawn Lattimore a little bit. So Lattimore was, although he doesn't look quite as dominant this year as he did last year, I still think Marshawn Lattimore, he's going to cover the number one guy. So next week they're facing the Giants. I think Lattimore will be on Odell Beckham. For a lot of the game and then sterling shepherd i expect him to have a pretty good bit of targets i i think he'll get a lot of a lot of throws going his way because he's gonna be covered by guys that just aren't as good at coverage and honestly just aren't very good at all right now probably wouldn't be on very many nfl teams so that number two cornerback spot for the saints is is problematic i think I'm going to be curious to see going forward, does Calvin Ridley continue to have as much success when he's playing against a team that maybe doesn't have someone that you go in with a game plan that we're going to attack this cornerback. i would be curious to see if he's still clearly, he's not going to have another three touchdown game. I wouldn't think, but you know, I, I, my, I would temper my expectations a little bit for him. And I would start looking at who's the number two wide receiver on, on, a team facing the saints because they're probably going to have a big day.
2: Yeah. What? Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of surprised by the big change at the change. I, I really didn't expect them to, to be as bad as a defense as they were now, you know, they they've been playing some good high flying offenses. So it's not too, too much to say, okay, well they're really crappy, but what, do you do you think they've just had a great season all together last year and are back to normal? Or do you think it's more to the fact that they've played some really strong offenses?
1: It could be that they're, they've they faced strong offenses. Certainly when you look at, you know, again, Tampa and Atlanta have two of the top quarterbacks in the league right now by the stats. So, you know, when you look at, you look at Matt Ryan and what he's able to do sure you know you can you can certainly say that Fitzpatrick I guess you can say right now that there those are as high flying offenses as it gets in the NFL you know I mean are, you know pretty close um kind of strange to say all that I don't know I, obviously over time we'll know more about it I think you know if if Eli Manning comes out and throws for 320 yards this week and three touchdowns <laughs> yeah there's something wrong with the Saints defense <laughs> Um I think if he throws for 220 yards, you you're going to be worried. So <laughs> I'm
0: <laughs>
1: I am as a Saints fan, I'm pessimistic and kind of worried and I yeah, they they don't look they look so good up front. The run defense is truly great, maybe the best in the NFL right now. It's really good. But man, they just cannot stop the pass and that's uh yeah, that's a tough that's a tough thing, and you know, obviously, it's good for fantasy though because it's going to mean the ball in Drew Brees' hands more and him having to throw more. So, uh, yeah, I guess for fantasy purposes, we can't complain too much.
2: Yeah, yeah, that, he's definitely back without missing a beat. Do you see any uh, any old age in Brees at all, or do you? Does he look like he he could be thirty one?
1: Yeah, he looks he looks every bit as good as he's ever looked. Um, You know, it's, it's such, it's such a catch 22 for Saints fans. I think because, you know, he goes out there and he's got, he gets those two rushing touchdowns. I don't know if you saw the the slowest spin move in the world that he put on those two (laughs) Falcons defenders that somehow (laughs) works and ran into the end zone. Um, You know, yeah, he's, he's having fun. He's, looking pretty spry and obviously he's got pretty good weapons and Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara to throw it to right now. And, um, yeah, it's, it's fun to watch. You know, there was certainly a lot of of thought that this could be his last season and Teddy Bridgewater could take over next year. Um, that still could happen and maybe he is a guy that wants to go out on top, but, uh, I don't know. He doesn't look like a guy that, uh, is getting close to the end to me. He looks like a guy that is still, you know, you kind of can't believe he's 39.
2: Yeah. Uh, the numbers he's sure putting up are, are identical to two seasons ago and he's, yeah, I, I really think he's going to be a uh, typical Drew Brees and uh, Teddy Bridgewater might have to hold his water for a couple more years.
1: Yeah. It'd be interesting to see how that works out. The saints obviously are already pretty invested having given up a third round pick. So yeah, we'll be interesting to see how they do that going forward. So I got a guy here after, after golden Tate that uh, I think is pretty interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to buy in a little bit. Tyler Boyd, number two wide receiver there in Cincinnati. Um, Have you had a chance to watch much of Tyler Boyd? And is he a guy that if he happens to still be on waiver wires, we need to be thinking about scooping him up quick.
2: Yeah. If he, if he's out there, I definitely would, would grab onto him. I think he, I don't know about uh number one guy. If A.J. Green doesn't play this week, we'll see what, what kind of skill set he has as number one receiver. But with A.J. Green in the lineup, he, he's just uh, someone that they just can't cover. He's tall. He runs good routes. He's someone that catches the ball, uh, which John Ross doesn't seem like he can do. So Tyler Boyd has definitely become the number two guy. It's the minute that, and uh, we'll we'll see what he does with the number one rule. But, yeah, for sure, if he's available, you definitely have to grab onto him.
1: There truly are just too many wide receivers to talk about. Um, You know, so many guys that are either having a great week one week and not having a great week the next week. I mean, there are just a lot of ups and downs, a lot to be – you know, a lot to be – decided I think over the course of the season and we'll see who's we'll see who's consistent and who's not um, you know any, anybody else on the for, as far as a wide receiver that comes to mind as a guy you want to talk more about um,
2: the, the only guy that there's guy that kind of worries me a little bit is uh, uh, T.Y. Hilton and I'm I'm concerned because his numbers minus the touchdowns aren't really there and the way that Andrew Luck is sort of throwing just short to intermediate passes is going to affect his, his overall point, point outage. So we'll see what happens there. But, uh, I, I like the way he, he's, even though he's a more of a deep guy, he's being targeted quite a bit, uh, inconsistently 11, 11 and 10. So we'll see. But, um, He's definitely missing out. He has not scored his typical, you know, 45, 50 yard touchdown bomb um, in the last three weeks. And if the offense continues to do that, you're going to be seeing a lot of short passes. And it's um, it's something that you just to keep an eye on, I think.
1: That's what's tough, I think, for him. Also, I think Indianapolis has had an unusually low. Amount of offensive snaps, you know, they've had 55 and 59 the, the past two weeks. I don't expect that trend yeah. to continue. Um, it just seems unusually low.
0: Um,
1: but man, his his average receiving right now um, is down to 10.5 um, uh, yards yards per per, uh, per catch, which is way down from his previous last year was 16.9. Just way down right now, so. I don't know. I I hope that'll catch up, but I guess that a lot of that does depend on Mr. Andrew Luck. So um, we'll see we'll see what happens with that moving forward. Um, let's jump over and maybe cover tight ends really quick. Tight end has been an absolute awful mess this year, unless of course you were lucky enough to draft Travis Kelsey. Man, he has been obviously uh, in in the best offense, probably the best offense in the league overall, and just put up great numbers if you got Travis Kelsey you're excited about that
2: yeah yeah for sure uh Kelsey is, is definitely probably the new number one I I'd take him over Gronk uh coming up in drafts and almost anywhere else I think that uh you can't you can't go wrong when when it comes and the the most important part uh over Gronkowski is he stays healthy
1: that's a big part and, you know, certainly has the better off the weapons around him. Um, man, if people are getting a little bit too sour on Gronk though, I might want to make some buy low offers because with Julian Edelman coming back and Josh Gordon, ah, he could, he could wind up with a lot more single coverage than he's been getting this these first few weeks. So, uh, I don't know that I'm quite ready to move Kelsey in front of Gronk, but I certainly understand why you'd want to do that for sure. Um, after Kelsey, there's Jared Cook. I think a lot of that just has to do with the big week, too, that he had. Uh, but just some interesting names. We'll run through these. Zach Ertz, O.J. Howard, Kyle Rudolph up there. Rob Gronkowski check in after that. Jesse James, obviously another guy that had a big week, too. Eric Ebron's been fairly consistent, dropped the touchdown this past week, or else he would be a much, much higher up on the list. Jordan Reed, Will Disley. Coming out of nowhere, George Kittle, who I don't expect to continue to do quite as well with a new quarterback. And then Austin Hooper, Jimmy Graham not on that list. Evan Ingram, obviously, out. Man, this has just been a rough year for a tight end so far.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of lot of names in there that you, like Will Disley, that you're like, where the hell did this guy come from? And um <laughs> Yeah, I, I think the most shocking to me is Jimmy Graham and how he just, he yeah, he's just not doing what I really thought. I had a lot of hopes. I, I actually had him as the third tight end overall uh, coming into this season. So um, hopefully he turns that around to make me look a little bit smart. But right now, wow, that, that was just a horrible call by me.
1: Yeah, I think so much of that is you can see the guys up there, uh, especially on the tight end list, who had one good week very high up on the list. Uh, I think that'll average out. And I expect Jimmy Graham to at least get into the top ten before the end of the year. But uh, yeah, a lot of that, I think Aaron Rodgers just has not quite been Aaron Rodgers with capital letters yet. So
0: um,
1: yeah, it'll be interesting to see if if he can turn things around. And man, I'm excited to see what the NFL holds for us this week. It's been nothing short of fantastic drama so far. Uh, we mentioned a couple of the things that that were pretty incredible. Minnesota, I guess, I think they just had to be overlooking Buffalo and looking forward to this matchup with the Rams. What do you think? Do you think that's just classic case of kind of a trap game in week three?
2: I would hope so. I, I mean, if you have to call it anything, you kind of want to call it that because, wow, I mean you, you, you I, I have no word for that. i mean they were down twenty one nothing I think at one point, and it's just the defense didn't show up, the offense obviously didn't show up uh so yeah, uh, sure, call it that because nothing else makes sense, <laughs>
1: well, i think yeah looking for looking for that to make sense, i think is uh probably a fool's errand at this point, but uh. Yeah, hopefully they can bounce back a little bit, and yeah, hopefully your Colts can bounce back, man. Certainly, I, I, one and two, but I don't think they're as bad as that one and two record. I feel like they've looked a little bit better than that.
2: Well, they had the two losses that they had. They had uh, in hand a victory. The first one went with a Doyle fumble, and then last week went with a Andrew Luck sack. So it, they're definitely playing better i mean the two losses too were against the eagles and Bengals, so uh it's not too bad of a situation but um you know they're not there yet those are the those are the games that good team playoff teams win and they're obviously not a playoff team yet
1: i'm excited to look and um get a look at josh rosen and his first action baker mayfield really getting his first start this week Uh, Continue with Sam Darnold, Josh Allen. Man, this has been a pretty good, pretty exciting group of first-year quarterbacks so far. And excited to see Josh Rosen join that mix. And I guess technically excited to see Baker Mayfield join that, getting his first start as well. So uh, a lot of very interesting storylines. Curious to see how some of these teams are going to respond. And um, man, can't wait to get back together with you next week and talk more about it.
2: Same here, bud. Yeah, i definitely looking forward to it. And uh can LSU keep their winning streak alive is is uh probably the next question. I who 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 do they have?
1: Uh who's LSU have this week? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh they have Ole Miss. This is um, you know, my my dad is a huge Ole Miss fan. Um, I'm a big LSU fan, so this is going to be a really interesting week. This is a game in LSU that LSU should win. They shouldn't have too much trouble with this, but man, always always tough to say that when it's you know your number one rival, and you know Ole Miss is going to be there. They're going to be ready to ready to play against their old coach at Orgeron. So, but uh, man, Saturday night in. Tiger Stadium is always a tough place for any away team to play. So I don't know. I'm pretty excited to see if they can uh, they can pull it off. So I don't know. We'll see. Who's your team got this week?
2: Uh, good question. Um, I have no idea. Uh, you know the 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 thing that uh I th- I think it's pretty cool about LSU is the fact that they're now the fifth ranked team in the country. That they start, you know, that that's quite a jump from. What did they start out, number 20? 25,
1: I think. I think they were
2: just at the very,
1: very end of the of the top 25. And, yeah, they've jumped all the way up. Now, they've, they've had some impressive wins. So, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess if you're going to bump them up, you should, you know, you should, you know, I guess. Um, but, man, at the same time, at the same time, Do I really think that they're the number five team in the nation? I don't know, man. That's that's a lot. I Miami, you know, Miami has jumped down now, and they're they're actually they're doing okay. They're still they're ranked number eight. Um, after let's see, are they? No, I'm sorry. Now they're 16. So they bounced back and won against a pretty easy team. So I, I don't know how good that win was. Was it as was it as impressive as it seemed at the time? I guess we don't really know and time will tell. Um, once they finally get to face somebody really good. Auburn routed Arkansas this week, which, you know, whatever, that's not really that great of a of a victory. I, I don't know. I it's still so early in the season, we don't really know if these teams are all that good yet, and
2: you know, we'll see. You sound tentative about LSU.
1: I am, I am like, I, it's cause I don't quite buy it. I, I, I don't know. There's just something about something that seems like there that just is missing. I'm not, I'm not very com You know, I think about the saints and I think about them going and playing New York. And I think they should win that game. It should be an easy win. If they don't, it's going to be a really big disappointment. I,
2: I just don't
1: ever feel that way about LSU, or at least I don't this year.
2: Okay. Okay. Yeah, they like you said they beat some good teams. I don't know. Well, um are you're just waiting for the other shoe to drop, huh? That's the thing. They just
1: they were not really great last. Now the quarterback they've got, that the guy that transferred down here from Ohio State, he's he's been fantastic. And it's not that he's been anything special. It's not like he's been Tua or anything like that, but um you know, he has definitely brought something to LSU that they haven't had probably since Matt Flynn. I mean, it's been pretty dry for quarterbacks here at LSU. So, a guy comes in and just does what he's been able to do. And, and uh, man, we're going to think the world of him. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe I should be a little bit higher on him. Maybe there's more to be optimistic about than I realize. But, yeah, I think you're right. Really deep down, I'm kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop.
0: Okay,
2: fair enough. Yeah, it, you know they definitely play in a tough conference, so it's uh it's going to be hard for them to remain undefeated. But so far they look they look really good.
1: Yeah, and Alabama's coming to town, and man, Alabama just does not look like they are they could be defeated at all.
0: Yeah,
2: that that's cool. Oh my goodness, totally. So, anyway, what about you? So we got Northwestern. Um, which we should beat. So that that's another game that, uh, is happening. Um, we dominated the teams that we should dominate Nebraska and SMU. Um, the only, the only big loss so far has been the first week of the season against Notre Dame. Uh, so other than that, it's, it's been status quo. So it should be, it should be a, a victory against Northwestern. Um, and we'll see if we can move up in the rankings. We haven't been able to move up in the rankings at all the last three weeks, so uh, stuck at fourteen.
1: Hey, totally off the cuff, but I know you pay attention to a lot of the uh, a lot of the college football. Uh, are there any like seniors or draft eligible guys that you're starting to hone in on as these are some of the best in the country that you're starting to look at for your dynasty leagues?
0: Um.
2: As seniors, I'm not totally sure. Uh you mentioned Tua. I think he's he's someone that that is definitely uh interesting in my in my book to to see how well he does now. If he's a senior, I'm not 100% sure, but I think he's he's definitely uh a guy to watch. Uh, he's really exciting to see and just completely just took that job away from Jalen Hurts, made him a red shirt, which is kind of funny, but uh it's um yeah, I, I have to go through a little bit, and I haven't really done my homework yet. Um, I'll probably do that in a few weeks. Well, great, man. Well, I hope you have a good rest of your
1: day, good week, good weekend, and and uh, yeah, go Michigan, go Colts, and uh, yeah, I'll uh, look forward to talking to you again next week. Thanks, Mike. All right, all right, Cal. Have a have a good one. You too.